Welcome to Fantasy Fishing Edge, podcast about all things fantasy fishing and bass fishing in general. I'm Rich Lindgren, a.k.a. Hellabass. Find me at Hellabass on all popular social platforms and YouTube. This podcast is simulcast on YouTube as well, so if you prefer to watch the video version, search Fantasy Fishing Edge or Hellabass on YouTube to subscribe. There are also links to all these social media platforms and YouTube in the podcast descriptions. Enjoy the episode. All right. Here we go. We're going live. Not sure how many people we're going to have. This is kind of an impromptu lunchtime live. Uh, we're going to talk fancy fishing today. Just going to be me solo today. Hello, Bass. Uh, so I just finished writing a fishing pundit article. I'm um, going to be sending that in. Hopefully that goes up on BassmasterFantasy.com this afternoon. But, you know, quick turnaround. We got back-to-backs. We had Ronnie Moore kind of previewing the whole uh, swing. I had a tournament this past weekend. So the anglers just finished up on the Elite Series yesterday. The guys that made the, the, the final day in the top 10 uh, just finished <clears throat> late yesterday uh, on the St. Lawrence River, and then they got to drive straight through the night uh, to start practicing this morning for Lake Champlain. So the guys that uh, didn't make the final day cut had a little more travel time to get in, get settled in, and get ready to go. Uh, <clears throat> but this is exciting. Good times uh, going from the St. Lawrence River to another place, Champlain, where they should crush them again. Uh, looking forward to this. So today, in a minute here, we're going to break down some of my fantasy fishing picks for Champlain to get you ready uh, so that, you know, I'm just trying this lunchtime live uh, with this back-to-back to give you guys uh, the content as soon as possible. So the more time and the more that you guys will have time to watch it and absorb it, and if you want to use it for your picks uh, and have it relevant before they start fishing Thursday morning, uh, you'll have that. So if any, it looks like we got a couple of viewers trickling here. Say hi, say something in the comments. So if you want to ask questions as I go through my picks or talk about the St. Lawrence River that just happened, uh, we can do that. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of go through there. And if we have a few questions, we'll take care of them. Uh, Connor, thanks for joining in. He got his Colt 34 uh, Dobbins rod, and he thinks it rocks. Uh, it's a great little stick, great rod for the money. Absolutely. I'm glad you're excited, Connor. <clears throat> so. Uh, I guess we'll kind of jump into it. I don't expect this to be a super long stream. This is just a lunchtime stream, um, so we won't we won't be going ninety minutes today. Uh, we'll kind of keep this a little shorter. But uh, to bring up, uh, let's just quickly look back what happened at the St. Lawrence River. <clears throat> I had a decent event. Uh, I kind of moved up. I was around eighty five percent. I'm up close to ninety percent overall now. So. Uh, it didn't have a fantastic event, but good enough to keep kind of plugging up and moving up and staying relevant. So really my, my bucket C, D, and E picks were all on the money. I got the winner right. I had two more guys in the top 10. Uh, so getting some bonus points there. Uh, Bill Lone was okay of a pick, uh, but Lester kind of let me down. That's where my roster really kind of hurt. You know, not having a guy in bucket A make the final pick kind of uh, need to do a little better. Need to keep pushing up. Uh, now this champ, this that was the fourth uh, fantasy fishing event, and uh, <clears throat> Champlain will be the fourth event of the year. So we will jump into my picks for Lake Champlain uh, coming up here in a second. Uh, what's up, Andrew Alexander? Southern aliens that are good with a smallmouth and the large. I feel like Champlain is a little easier and more adaptable for some of these guys when they move up north. Uh, they have more options. There's more largemouth. There's more grass. There's more docks and reeds and stuff, and they can throw a frog, and they can flip. So I think more anglers feel comfortable on Champlain. So you'll see more guys like Canterbury and some of those guys that should excel. Maybe Kyle Welcher, and we'll talk about some of those guys. Um, 
And uh, so there are definitely some Southern anglers that are worth watching out for uh, on Champlain, even more so than on uh, the St. Lawrence River or maybe on the St. Clair event coming up. Uh, good question, Andrew. Uh, D. Rouse, uh, good question here. How important do you think exhaustion is going to play a role? Uh, you know, for the guys that are fishing yesterday, it can go both ways. You can either like stay hot, feel like you've got all the momentum, you're fishing confident, and you know nothing's going to slow you down. You like it just rolls into it. The other thing is the exhaustion. You can hit a brick wall. You can just uh, kind of like last year when Brandon Cobb won on his home waters on uh, da, 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 Hartwell. And then he basically got a late start, didn't leave till like noon the next day, basically missed a whole day of practice and had a pretty bad event at Winyah Bay. So it can go either way. Uh, it's not a real terrible drive. So most of them probably got in last night. I'm sure some of the guys that, that, you know, you know, like Johnson, uh, Chris Johnson who won it, he probably had to stay and do some interviews and do more media stuff. You know, but he's also got a ton of experience on Champlain. So it's going to affect everybody different, but it's something to think about uh, as you make your picks. Do you do you feel like yesterday coming off a top 10 is going to give him the momentum and the confidence to just fish freely, make good decisions? Or is he going to be uh, exhausted and, and, you know, maybe not have what it takes to really give it at his all uh, this week? Yeah, Lunkers, uh, I'm at, working from home and we're just taking a quick lunch break. So uh, will Smallies be shallow? Uh, to mid depth. Well, I think like a lot of the events you saw maybe in the last couple of years with like FLW usually got there in middle June. And a lot of times, a lot of the smallies would still be on beds. I think that's 95 to 90% over with. So most of the smallies are going to be offshore, not on beds. But if you get sunny weather, uh, smallies do get up shallow. They like to feed. They like to sight feed. So I don't think they're going to be spawning, but I do think they could be susceptible to catching them shallow, but I still think they're going to be offshore. Uh, Andrew says, does uh, the weather play a large factor this week with practice versus competition? Uh, pouring rain there this morning. I think to me, the big thing is sun or not sun, uh, wind. And I looked at the forecast and, and obviously weather people can be wrong and you can always have storms pop up. But they're forecasting like five to ten miles an hour through Sunday uh, for the Langshape, you know, at least for Plattsburgh, where they're taken out of. So uh, it looks like if guys want to run to Ticonderoga, Ticonderoga and fish for largies, it's going to be able to do that in practice. They're going to be able to do it during the tournament. So I really think Champlain is going to be wide open. The whole field can go anywhere they want, can fish anywhere they want. So I think that's going to make for a really good tournament. Uh you know, when it's rainy and cloudy, typically the largemouth bite a little better. When you get a little sun, the smallies bite a little better. Uh, so, but I don't think either one is going to kill the bite. Uh, but that's that's a good question, Andrew. Uh, so I think, yeah, day-to-day, largemouth and smallies could be better based on uh, the weather and the sun and the wind. But I think it's not going to keep anybody from getting to their fish. And, uh, you know, a lot of times weather... You know, one or two guys, guys will make the run to Ticonderoga, catch 19, 20 pounds of largemouth, and then, you know, it'll blow 20 out of the south, and it's just not feasible to make that, you know, 70-mile run in that conditions. But um, so Lunker says he's got uh, Mueller, Lester Cox, Lauren Weidler. Yeah, I can see that. We'll get we'll kind of break that down in the buckets. Um, Mueller, I think, could be good. His track record on Champlain is not great, but obviously he's fishing really well this year. He won an event, almost won another one. Um, so, I mean, it should fit his style. 
Uh, Lester, I mean, I, I thought he was going to do well last week. He should do well here as well. Uh, Cox, uh, we'll talk about a little more. Lauren, I don't know enough about, um, but you know, he, you know, you get down in the bucket D and E, it's a little bit of a, a wild card. I know Wider likes to throw a swim jig, and a swim jig should catch some solid fish on uh, two people to look out for. Well, we're going to go bucket by bucket, and I'll give you a bunch of people uh, lunkers. So, uh, one thing before we get into this uh, too far. I do want to uh, thank Bass Utopia uh, for sponsoring this podcast and this video show. They are the ones that are giving out the prizes. So make sure you join my group, uh, Beat Hellabass, uh, if you haven't already, uh, and you get a chance to win some Omnia fishing gift cards, some stickers, and some things like that from Bass Utopia. So make sure you check out Bass Utopia and check out omniafishing.com. If you need some fishing gear, uh, code RichLingren15. Uh, we'll get you 15% off at Omnia Fishing. So remember that when you're shopping. Uh, and that'll be the last time we'll talk about that and plug that. But hey, thanks to the guys at Bass Utopia and Omnia Fishing for helping out. Uh, get you guys some deals, win you some prizes, and uh, help support this channel. So appreciate that. So let's get into this. We don't want this to be a super long stream. Uh, let me pock my, uh, let's see here. Da, da, da. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. He says he loves the articles. Well, and I just finished writing it. So I'm going to be, as soon as I finish up uh, the stream, I'm going to send the email. I'm going to finish proofreading it one more time. Then I'm going to email it in. I'm going to send them the link. So this will all be up there hopefully later today or worst case, first thing tomorrow morning on Bassmaster.com as well. So let's get into the picks. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. All right. Oh, let's go like that. All right. So. Uh, don't read ahead. You'll be able to see all the picks on the left here. Bucket E. Oh, we're in the wrong bucket. Bucket E. So I've got it sorted by percentages. And if you guys don't know, right, you can sort, you know, sort by rank uh, and points and ownership. I like to see who owns what. Uh, I think there's a few interesting guys here. Obviously, these guys are an E because they're not having great seasons. Uh, Lee Livesey, probably the most talented angler. Uh, you know. Right now in the bucket, <clears throat> very high owned percentage. He's doing well in the points. Uh, I mean, I see him having a good tournament, but I don't think he's worth that percentage. Uh, Bob Downey is actually jumping up quite a bit <laughs> since I've been uh, uh, in. Uh, so I think just a couple of guys to look at. Derek Hudnall, it seems like he's kind of figuring things out. Uh, he had a good event at St. Lawrence, or at least a good first day. And I remember how he finished. Um, but he should be able to find fish the way he wants. He did well at Cayuga last year, so I think he's an interesting pick. Uh, another kind of dark horse, I think, is uh, Rick Morris. The guy's been around forever. He's probably fished 20 tournaments on Champlain in his life. You know, not afraid uh, to get a flipping stick out, likes the chatterbait, likes the frog. Should be able to make the run up to Mississauga or down to uh, Ticonderoga and have a good event. But I'm going to go with Bob Downey, uh, my guy. Uh, he lives just down the road in Minnesota, Wisconsin border here. Uh, fish Jansen many times. From my perspective, <clears throat> uh, you know, I fished Champlain one time. I've watched a ton of events on there. It feels like and looks like it fishes a lot like Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, and I think Bob, uh, this this should be a good event for him. I think, you know, even though if he's not seen the water before, I think he'll feel comfortable. It'll feel like home. Uh, it's got smallies and largies, and uh, I think he'll do well. All right, I see you, Bailey. Uh, definitely game on as well. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, – yeah, so that's me. I'm going Downey uh, in 
D, not based on track record, just based on uh, he should do well there. He should feel at home. You know, whether he wants fish smallies or uh, shallow largemouth, I think he'll do just fine and give you the requisite safe points you need out of a bucket E angler. Uh, so that's why I'm going with my guy, Bob. Um, so uh, bucket D, a uh, couple anglers here. So Greg De Palma, pretty strong angler of the north. I know I was like, super excited after he's had two good events last year and this year on the St. Lawrence. But then I went with him on Cayuga and that didn't go well. So it scares me a little bit. Um, I think Caleb Summerall could be good. I see him, you know, getting a big flip of sticking a frog out and doing some work. I'm pretty sure Destin's pretty comfortable fishing on Champlain. Uh, if you're looking for like a real dark horse, uh, maybe Jesse Takarante. I think he actually used to live up in New York for a while. Uh, he's had some good events in some opens and, and that type of level events uh, where he's been in contention. So those guys are all guys to watch out for. But for me, I'm going Brian Schmidt. I know most of you think of him as a title fishery river guy, uh, but he won an open here. There's and he's got a couple top tens and you know like uh, FLW and, and bass events. And I think you know so he's just something with this. You know, certain bodies of water click for certain anglers, and he's very comfortable up here. And I think he's a great value, uh, and I think he'll be under some people's radars. Uh, in bucket D. So I'm definitely going Brian Schmidt and he's due. He's kind of, he's, you know, he's <clears throat> every once in a while, he pops off a couple of big events. And I think, uh, now is the time for that. So, <clears throat> so I don't know, uh, bucket C, this is where it starts to get a little interesting. There's a lot of talent in bucket C, especially when it comes to Champlain. <clears throat> Obvious picks are the Johnson brothers. You know, Chris definitely has a bunch of momentum coming off yesterday, you know, where he won his first Elite Series event. So I don't know if that's going to work for him against him. Uh, you know, being a young angler, I don't know how that's going to affect them. Sometimes you see guys that get on a run and some guys, uh, you know, they, they pop one off and then they, they kind of have a little bit of a hangover and then it takes them a while to run another one. So sometimes learning how to win and learn how to deal with it is a deal at the, the tour level. Uh, both Corey and Chris have a ton of top 10 to 20 events with a few not so events mixed in. When you look at like uh, Toyota series and opens and, and, and that type of stuff, I'm sure if they fish some team events out there as well. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're looking for a safe pick, pick one of the Johnsons, but I don't like picking the Johnsons when they're both in the same bucket. Cause I always feel like I go the wrong direction. Uh, I think John Cruz could be good. I'm thinking he's looking for a rebound. Uh, you know, looking to, to do well. Kennedy is always dangerous on this type of events, but he's also, you know, dangerous as that he can catch him and dangerous that he can leave you, uh, you know, scratching your head on what happened. Uh, I think Hunter Shryock, this event, you know, he loves to fish frogs, uh, flip grass. Uh, you know, he did really well in largemouth on the St. Lawrence last year. You know, the weather looks very appealing to make runs to Ticonderoga every single day. So I think, you know, if you're looking for a lower percentage guy, it should be a pretty safe pick. I think Hunter Shyrock is a good look at, at like five and a half percent in bucket C. Um, you know, Wes Logan, a talented angler. You know, there's there's plenty of guys that'll definitely have the potential to catch him here. But I'm going John Cox. His Champlain record has been pretty good, but not stellar. Uh, the wind won't be a factor with him running the crest liner. I don't know if he would run to Ticonderoga in the crest liner. I don't know if that's too big of a run. For that boat or not but i think 
he could definitely make hay up in Mississauga and other parts. Uh, you know, you can find good largemouth and in uh, good smallies on the top end. And I think John Cox will find a way to find them. And I feel like he's due. Like, I feel like he's been, you know, he started off big. He won that FLW event on Rayburn. We thought he was going to show out at St. John's. We thought we were going to see him, you know, do really well. Even at Ufala, Chickamauga, that didn't happen. Uh, so I think he's due. I think uh, this is where John Cox, you know, potentially uh, surprises some people and makes a name for himself and, and shows Bass why he's on the Elite Series. So I don't know. What do you guys think of Bucket C? Uh, <clears throat> yep, Cox for C. Um, what's up, Nick? Hamilton for Bucket C? Maybe. I mean, Champlain is, you know, there's so many fish in so many areas, it's hard to say that anybody would do bad. So I really don't want to talk about who I would pick against. <clears throat> He's just not at the top of my bucket, but I don't see why he couldn't do well here. Um, <clears throat> you know, it kind of depends on where you're at. My philosophy is if you're hovering around 90%, you want a couple chalk picks that you feel really good about and a couple picks that are a little off, you know, so that you're not like, you don't, you know, you don't want to go all low percentage because then it, you know, typically you're going to miss on a couple of them and then you're going to fall. You don't want to go all chalk because, you know, you know, being at 89, 90%, you're not going to make enough ground to like push to the top. Uh, and so you kind of need to figure out and just kind of play where you need to make your moves. And that's, that's kind of my advice. Uh, you know, if you're down in this 50, 60, 70%, you know, go crazy, go, go, go all wild cards uh, at that point. All right. Bucket B. Uh, you know, this is, you know, we're almost halfway through the season or about halfway the season. So you're, you know, all the guys that are fishing well are in these buckets. Uh, a lot of good anglers here. All these guys have a great potential to catch them. They've been catching them all year. Um, to me, uh, it's hard to pick against fighter. He almost won here in 2017. If it wasn't for an absolute freak show bag of like 24 or 25 pounds from Aaron Martins on the final day. Uh, and then, you know, he ended up beating Seth by like 12 or 14 ounces. Seth was on a super strong, uh, milfoil pattern and he was flipping up. He had like six pound large mouth and he, I mean, he, he caught like 19 or 20 pounds, but then Austin or, uh, Aaron, and it was a weird one because they had one day weather canceled because of wind or thunderstorms or, or tornadoes or something. So instead of just the top 10 fishing on day three, they ended up having the top like 20 or 25 or 30 finish uh, fish the, the final day, which was day three uh, or the, the third day that they fished. And Martin's like 18 or 20th or something like that and had just a monster free shag. And uh, so a normal final day with 10 anglers, uh, Seth would have won that easily. He caught him really well. Um you know, Gussie, Lester, Blaylock, all good guys. Uh, if you're looking for a sneaky, another Minnesota, Austin Felix. Uh, he's definitely had some FLW experience up there. I believe he fished some opens up there. He's had some really good events. He's had some okay events. But like I said, Minnesota, Wisconsin, fish a lot like upstate New York. Uh, I think he'll be comfortable. Great with electronics, you know. He'll probably sample both largemouth and smallies in his practice and whatever is doing well, you know. Uh, so I think if you feel largemouth will dominate, I like Seth. If you think smallies are going to be a bigger player, Austin, but I think they both can catch both in this event. So um, that's my take on bucket B. Yeah, it was like a 23-pound bag for Amart. Um, 
Lunkers is going with Lester. Yeah, I like Lester a lot, um, but he let me down in the St. Lawrence. I'm a little gun shy. Nick uh, Welcher, we're going to talk about him in a minute for sure. So uh, Bucket A, uh, I actually think Bucket B is a little more stacked than Bucket A at this point. Uh, I know some guys like Polnick and Mueller. Um, I think Canterbury and Wetland are both strong picks. They've both seen this uh, this water in, in both FLW and Bass over the years. Pipkins is really coming into his own as an angler. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these anglers had a good event. Uh, but because I kind of went, you know, straight a little bit, I'm going to go a little bit chalk. I'm going to go Jamie Hartman. I feel like Hartman kind of seems like the guy that he's going to probably contend for a win almost every year. He's not going to be ultra consistent, but he's going to be pretty consistent. And I think on this Northern swing, this would be a great event for Hartman to be in contention for the win. So uh, I think he's a good pick for a, he's, he's the highest percentage owned now, but he's not like super high. He's not like, 30, 40, 50%. He's right in there with, you know, Mueller and Polnick. Um, I think, you know, those are both good picks. Polnick had like a top 10 here uh, a handful of years back from a spy bait for smallies. Uh, but if you're looking for a sneaky pick, I actually like Welcher a lot. I think uh, if you need to make up some ground or you just want to kind of, you know, not follow the crowd, I do think Welcher loves to flip. He loves a frog. Uh, the wind forecast should let him run north. It should let him run south. Check all the water he wants. And I feel like, you know, he's a good dark horse pick for bucket A to do well. Now, he didn't do great. He didn't seem to really figure him out, uh, you know, the largemouth. I don't know what he did. I didn't watch enough of the live coverage uh, to know whether he went for smallies or largies uh, on St. Lawrence. And so the only thing is he doesn't really have much of a track record for fishing up north. So, you know, maybe he needs a season to figure that out. Maybe he doesn't. But I think he's an interesting pick for bucket A. Um, and I think uh, weight-wise, I'm looking at like mid-70s. I have like 73 pounds as of now. So like right around 18 pounds a day, I think. It could be a little more. It could be a little less. Um, but with a low wind, uh, I think it'll be good. Um, I do think Mueller has the opportunity to go, do well as long as he's not kind of like doesn't let that yesterday slipping through his fingers, get in his head and weigh him down. I mean, he guides in Connecticut all the time on, like, candlestick in those lakes, and I can't imagine those lakes are much different than Champlain, so he should be very comfortable. Um, Aerie should be dark, dark horse for Group A. I do think Aerie could be good. I mean, obviously, he fished her a lot with FLW. A lot of those tournaments were in June. Uh, him and Canterbury work well together. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's going to be slightly different, more summer patterns, but uh, no reason any of those guys couldn't do well. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly think that, you know, whether it's like a milfoil flipping or a shallow flipping or a frog, I do think with the wind being low, it's going to be a largemouth deal. There'll be some guys that do well in smallies and are in contention, but I ultimately think it's going to be a largely dominated event as far as who's going to win. Um, that's just my guess. So um, what do you guys think? Smallies or largies? Let me know in the comments if you guys think Smallies are large. I wish I could put up a poll <laughs> quick. But uh, um, yeah, and mixed bag could be good. Uh, how do I feel about Jockamson and C? Interesting pick. I feel like I think there was an event where he did well throwing the glide at the end of the day. Like he was kind of doing some other stuff and then he needed some big fish at the end. So he picked up the glide or a big swim bait and caught a couple big ones right at the end of the day. 
um, that can be great and can be it can work against you. If you have those memories of swim bait fish, uh, it can it can mess with your head. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jockamson did well, but I don't think he's a safe pick. Um, mixed bags will definitely play, but uh, I do think you know the top ten. I think what you're saying, Andrew, right? Like you're saying like eight guys with largies and two guys in smallies. I think that's pretty close. I would say 70 to 30%. Seven guys will be mostly largemouth and three guys will be mostly smallmouth in the top 10. So that's my thoughts. Um, but with the, it should be a great event. It should be awesome and live uh, with the low wind. Uh, the anglers should be able to spread out. Uh, they shouldn't be on top of each other with a, you know, an 80 some boat field. And, uh, the coverage should be good. You, you should, they'll be flipping back. There'll be guys catching nice smallies on spy baits and drop shots and, and, and football jigs and uh, Ned rigs. And then you'll be, you know, flip to another camera and the guy will be up at flipping milfoil. And the next guy will be throwing a frog in, in mats down South. So, uh, so I think it'd be really good. Um, should be a great live event for Connor. Why don't more people sponsor Welcher? I don't know. Uh, you know, sponsorship's a weird deal. Uh, his tournament track record isn't huge. He's got a pretty good YouTube channel. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it might be part of it could be what he's asking for or what he thinks he's worth versus what people are offering. And uh, if he has a good season this year on the elites, I think you know typically kind of like MVP voting or like all you know Pro Bowl voting in pro sports. A lot of times your recognition comes a year later, like after you've had a banner year at the tour level or in the pros, typically the accolades, the sponsors, the awards kind of, they, they, they follow a year behind, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I agree hundred percent. I think this is gonna be a fun event. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, actually not going to be out of town fishing this weekend. Uh, as far as that goes, I should have some really good videos coming up this week. We're going to knock out this live. And so maybe like tomorrow, I'll have my practice video up from Leech Lake. Uh, I had some good flipping and frogging action up there. Uh, the tournament went pretty well. Uh, finished in the top, uh, towards the top. Not going to let the cat out of the bag. Uh, if you want to look at my social, you can probably figure it out. But got some checks. Uh, won me a nice Tatula SV reel, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm going to get my new dock reel. Um, but I think there, you if you like frog fishing, I think I got some pretty sweet frog footage on my GoPro, uh, some of the events coming up. Uh, yeah, my guess on the total weight, I'm thinking right around 73, 74 pounds, Bailey. Uh, I think that 18 pounds a day is going to it takes to win. It could be a little more, it could be a little less, but I think that's right in the range. Um, and typically you'll definitely, we'll definitely see a 20 pound bag, I think, or a couple, but then a lot of times those guys will back it up with like 17 a day and it'll kind of average up at 18 ish a day. I think, uh, you think Ed's going to find the smallies. I don't know enough about Ed to say one way or other. What's the difference between spy baits and jerk baits? Uh, so jerk baits have a bill on them. Um, uh, have some of these boxes here. We're a lot off topic or fancy fishing, but, uh, this is what a jerkbait looks like. And pull out a spy bait for you. That one that's easy to see. So jerkbait, spy bait. 
Uh, typically, spy baits are slightly smaller. A jerk bait has got a, a bill on it, a diving bill. It's a little bit more like a crankbait. Uh, and you can reel it like a crankbait, but typically uh, what people do are snapping it down so it's like diving and darting and jerking. The spy bait is a similar size body or profile body, but it's got little props on the front and back. So it's like a sinking devil's horse topwater bait, but it sinks. And you throw it out, you count it down, and you reel it in steady. So almost like you'd reel in like a Kitek or a hair jig. Um, so similar style bodies, but completely different actions. Uh, a jerkbait will float or suspend, and you pull it down to a depth range. And a spy bite will sink to the depth, and then you kind of pull it horizontally. So hopefully that helps you out, Connor. Um, but, all right, so we're right up against a half an hour here. I want to keep this a lunch break stream. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Uh, make sure you hit that bell notifications. Uh, you're not going to want to miss the tournament videos coming up. I think they're going to be pretty sweet. Uh, I appreciate you all that have stuck with this. Uh, there will be an audio version of this podcast coming up. Uh, the link will be in the description tomorrow morning. And uh, the video replay will be here. So if you missed the beginning of the stream, you want to go back and watch it. And also you can read the article soon at BassMasterFantasy.com. Thanks to you all for tuning in. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less at Fantasy. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hella Bass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hella Bass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.